This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. Today, Mike Hogan with you, and for Gareth Wheeler, who will be back. He's back tomorrow, right? That's the way it works. Wheels is back tomorrow. Huh? Huh? Hey, huh? Oh, Andy Maxson tomorrow. Because I knew I'm, I'm doing Scotty's show tomorrow, so I didn't know if Wheels had the full week off or taking that sort of extended, extended, extended long weekend. So Andy Mack in this seat tomorrow. Uh, coming up on the show today, we have poll questions. We have two. Like, there's one that's really serious, and then there's maybe, perhaps... The most important poll question we have ever asked as a radio station. We'll get to that in a couple of seconds. Uh, Joining us on the program today, uh, Scott Mitchell will join us in about 15 minutes. And he, of course, is the Blue Jays beat reporter for TSN, tsn tsn.ca, TSN 1050. A very busy man. So we'll talk to Scotty about uh, 11.15. He had a quick conversation with Estrada yesterday. We'll talk to him about that and uh, focus in on what happened on the field last night. Vincent Bonsignor will join us from the L.A. Daily News, a second year in the life of the L.A. Rams. And it wasn't great last year. Uh, we saw some of the problems they had with people just wanting to leave. There was one shot last year, I think it was in the second half of, I don't know if it was the last game of the season or not, but it was, it was virtually an empty Coliseum, and that's a big building. So the off-field marketing of the Rams in L.A. is one thing, but you know they've got golf there, and bigger things are expected. They gave him a nice toy for the toy box in Sammy Watkins. So we'll find out what the expectations are for the team. Are they better than a four-win club? And, and what they expect really out of golf this year, which is one of the bigger questions in the NFL. You go first overall at that position. You're expected... Not necessarily as a first-year guy, because most number one overall picks really struggle in their first year. There are guys who are top picks that that seem to get it immediately, the Cam Newtons of the world. And then there are other guys. Carson Palmer didn't touch the field. He didn't get one snap in his first year. So you go the other way. Or guys like Manning and, and Aikman and guys who struggled mightily in their first year. Hall of Fame players, but that league ain't easy. Um, so we'll talk to Vincent. A little bit later on. That'll be in the 12 o'clock hour. And Shane Knighty will join us, the uh, former NHL defenseman. He's been doing, if you've lost track of Shane, he's been part of the broadcast coverage of the Winnipeg Jets for the last handful of years. And Shane is taking a gig in Vegas. He's going to be the TV color commentator for the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll kind of get the reasons why, but just what his... And I mean, if you're going to move your family, this is just as an, oh, I'm going to go for a job and I'll fly in every once in a while. And, you know, like some NFL guys, uh, the, the guys who are on like the NFL Network or Fox or, you know, one of the pregame shows, they can get away with flying in once a week, doing their job and then flying home and you don't have to leave your family. This is a family decision of culture shock. We live in Winnipeg now. We're going to Las Vegas. 
like they said on Sesame Street, one of these things is not like the other. So we'll get the, the reasoning behind Shane moving to Vegas and, and what the landscape is like in his eyes as he gets ready for year number one. Now, as mentioned, the poll questions. And again, Blue Jays lost last night. So they're unable to obviously move up in the standings. That's It's funny how that works. You lose, you, you don't move ahead. Um, they've been playing pretty good ball of late, but still, they haven't passed anybody, and they're three and a half games out of a wild card spot and lost a little bit of ground last night to the teams that won last night. Um, so they know there's a little bit of separation, a game and a half between the Jays and Baltimore and Texas, who are now the two teams immediately ahead of them in the standing. So it doesn't get any easier. But we were, t- you know, there, were the, there was a discussion yesterday, Scotty had some good theories on this, but the, the, the talk about Giancarlo Stanton and where he may end up. And there are folks here in Toronto that would like to see him end up here. Duh, who wouldn't? But if you're going to pick him up, it ain't going to be cheap. You know they are going to ask for two of Guerrero, Bichette, and because of the, the, the heavy Cuban population in Miami, Guriel would probably be a guy that they would ask for. So Guriel and one of Bichette or Guerrero. Or, who knows, maybe they just asked for Bichette and Guerrero. So the hypothetical poll is, would you as a Blue Jays fan, would you trade two or three elite Blue Jays prospects for one of the best power hitters in baseball, Giancarlo Stanton, to have at most, no, I guess at least, sorry, at least three more years of playoff relevance. Right? Because he could extend, he could stay up here, he's got the opt-out. So it's a very simple one. Yes or no. Would you do it? Would you give up the future for at least three more years of the present? That's the question. And right now, with about 100 votes in, 51% say no, 49% say yes. Fairly one-sided poll question you got there, huh, Mr. Narsa? I finally put up a good one. <sighs> no, but no, but that's not even your best one of the day. No, 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 no. So if you want to vote on that, at TSN 1050 Radio, you can find it, uh, as I've retweeted it as well, at TSN Mike Hogan. But this is the one. This is the one I'm interested in. As as interesting a question as that one is, this is big because we have found out that one of the great film franchises will be extended, and Daniel Craig is coming back to play James Bond once again. Now, even if you're not a Bond guy or girl, you have to admit, the franchise has done all right. They've had at least a couple of movies. Thank you, Skrzyniak. Michael Skrzyniak. And put down that martini. Um, Double bald. (laughs) We wanted to find out. We're not going to ask you who your favorite Bond was, because that's just a, a personal preference thing, right? But we need... If Craig doesn't keep doing this, somebody's got to play James Bond. And our question today is which current or former sports superstar 
would make a great James Bond. And if you don't agree with one of these, and we think we have four pretty good ones, tweet in your own. Again, at TSN 1050 Radio, at TSN Mike Hogan. And we the, the, sort of the parameters we wanted for a Bond have to be recognizable, have to look good in a tux, have to have an air or aura of cool about them, and although you may question that in one of these cases, there's got to be a little bit of a likability to the guy. You have to like Bond, which might hurt one of these candidates who might look better than any of the other guys in a tux. So here's, I'll, I'll have you, Mr. Narsa, reveal these four, I think, all worthy of being the sports version of James Bond. Who did we come up with? We decided on Tom Brady. No question. Mr. Perfect. Henrik Lundqvist. Nice. That's my vote. He's so slick. <laughs> and then Derek Jeter. Oh. And Magic Johnson. Nice. Because, see, we were talking about Magic because... The, the guy can ball out. He looks great in a suit. Yep. And he's got that smile. You don't know what he's up to. He could just... Little poison drop in the martini. Game over. And, and smile at you. And drop a three right after. He would have that smile on his face as he poisoned the Von, Bond villain. Right? We had a guy reply in saying, David Beckham. Oh! That's really good. English accent, too. He said the high-pitched voice might be a problem. <laughs> but he said he's probably the best choice. Fashionable, suave, oh, athletic, awesome. and cultured. Oh! Oh, we didn't. We should have gone there. Mr. Posh Spice could be the one. Oh, the write-in candidate. That could be awesome. So have some fun with this. Think of your own Bond villain. Or do both. Vote for one of our choices. And then sort of uh, when you reply... Come in with the reply. That's awesome. See, this is good. Now we have a poll question. Forget the serious stuff. This is even more serious. I don't know where I'd go with this one. I don't know if I'd go... You want to go Lundqvist with this one. Scriz, who would you pick as your Bond villain here of this choice? Of these choices, rather. If I need somebody to save the world... I'm going to go with the guy that will cut the corners, that will cheat his way to victory. I'm taking Tom Brady. Yeah. He would do what it takes, right? Exactly. And, man, looks good in a tux. Got to admit, love him or hate him. Guy can rock the tux. Dude, dude's but so can Lundqvist. Lundqvist wouldn't wear a tie with his tux, Yeah, though. but goalies are just weird. Yeah. He kind of he kind of bucks the trend, though, doesn't he? There's a little mystery there. There's a... European je ne sais quoi. He also like plays in a band with Sting and yeah. Johnny McEnroe, so he's like cool. Well, he's got know, that Batman, Bruce Wayne cool off on. the all, thing. All four of these guys, not cool. Yeah, out of the park. Derek Jeter. We haven't even talked about Jeter being Bond. The girlfriend list is very equal to Mister Bond. That's true. Looks good in a tux, million dollar smile, and. This guy, for what he who he was, I mean, this guy owned New York. Can you imagine some other athlete getting away with the parting gift basket with his supermodel friends, like Jeter did? I mean, there's 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 a sly guy. He knows how to manipulate things. That's he'd be an awesome Bond. 
I don't know where I go. I'd probably go Brady with this one. Just because he fits the stereotype, right? Although I could be talked into Beckham. That was who was that that uh, that tweeted that in? That the full credit there. That was Steven at Face Ruck. Nice. Thank yeah. you, Steven. He That's did, He did a good job. You know what I found really funny when we were talking about a villain? Or actually we we're talking about Bonds. And I was like, well, would Larry Bird work? I, I think he's a better villain than a, yeah, than, a, than a Bond. But I picture him in his Celtics uniform, like at his age now, just petting a white cat. <laughs> just sitting at like TD Bank North, just petting a cat, waiting for like David Beckham. But okay, let's say Bond. Uh, no, you got the movie. If Bird is going to be the villain, magic has to be Bond. Right? That's true. I mean, there's that would work. The thing that would work for Bird is he would have the comebacks. He would be a trash-talking Bond villain extraordinaire. That would be awesome. And it would work because he would never actually kill James Bond because he would just trash-talk him the whole time and the Magic Johnson would get away. There could be some great villains. Zdeno Chara would be an awesome Bond villain. Yeah. Oh, Oh, Frank Ribery. The soccer player <laughs> would be the best Bond villain ever. He's got the perfect look for it. Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, man. He'd be a Bond ma- villain. Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher. He'd be good. Bond villain. Just the trap everywhere. All his henchmen are in 1-3-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did we ever bring up Barry Bonds as a possible oh. James Bond? Bond, Bond, Bond. villain. Oh, okay. Fine. He'd be an awesome Bond villain because you would see him on screen, and if you followed his career, unless you lived in San Francisco, there would be an instant dislike for the Bond villain. It would be hard, unless you're a Lakers fan, it would be hard to dislike Larry Bird as a Bond villain. Ovechkin, it would be difficult to dislike enough for him to be a Bond villain. There are enough people don't like Chara. Ronick would be a great Bond villain. He'd like absorb it and love it. Ray Lewis as a Bond villain. It could work. If you have a good Bond villain as well, drop us uh, drop us a, a Twitter response at TSN 1050 Radio or uh, at TSN Mike Hogan. Or you can do both. Um, last night, the um, Toronto Blue Jays back at it again, trying to stay alive. They're not going to win them all. Get the split against Tampa, win three out of four, continue on, try to win the next series. Um, can't lose this series. I don't think there's any question about that. That really puts them in sort of a position for tougher sledding. But uh, they came up short last night against Tampa. And uh, we're going to bring Scott Mitchell on here in a couple of seconds. And uh, he, of course, covers the team for TSN, radio, television, TSN.ca, and uh, look back at not only the uh, the Estrada story from yesterday, as uh, we found out that somebody had uh, claimed him on waivers. Maybe Scott's been able to uh, ascertain who that mystery team was that put in the claim. Um, but we'll get to that in a couple of seconds as well as we get you ready for the uh, the next game in the series between these two teams, which uh, goes tonight down at the yard. And it's going to be the Stroh Show on the mound. But uh, we will get into uh, what happened last night and actually yesterday before the game as well with our Baseball Insider brought to you by Oakland Ford Lincoln, your premier source for auto service and sales in the GTA. The aforementioned Scott Mitchell's on the line. What's up, Scott? 
Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Just uh, trying to trying to piece together what happened to Marco Estrada last night, as uh, Marco is probably right now, too. But isn't, isn't baseball a funny game? Because on Monday, uh, I don't think there's any question that the pitching matchup favored Tampa, and the Jays won. And last night, I don't think there was any question that it was the other way around. And the, the, um, the, 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 the Rays win that game. It's, just, it's, it's an odd sport. Baseball has a way of, of finding ways to uh, to even things out, just like like you said. I mean, I think everyone looked at uh, Monday's start as a game that uh, when you head into a four game series that you, that you might be behind the eight ball a little bit, and you might be uh, you might need your offense to to score five, six, seven, eight times for you to have a chance. And uh, what happens? Uh, Nick Tapish goes out, and well, he walked a, a very fine line. He was able to to get through a, a quality start and uh, win a two one ball game. And then uh, Marco Estrada, who had been hot for his, for his past three starts, looking like uh, like the pitcher most had become used to over the past couple of years after a, a tough couple months. He goes out and and gets shelled uh, essentially by a team that that's had his number for a couple of years now, especially this year. Uh, he's given up 23 home runs this year, and nine of them have been to the Tampa Bay Rays. So, uh, Marco Estrada has no answer for that. Um, uh, literally, he he can't figure out why they have his number. And even I asked him last night. I mean, at this point, do you have to be wondering if if you're tipping pitches or if they figured something out and. He says, no idea, and if they have, hats off to them, and he's got to go back to the video and, and figure something out. So uh, that, it's, it's, a, it's a strange game sometimes, and uh, we've seen that just, with, uh, just by looking at, at Estrada's results over this season because it has been a roller coaster for him. Uh, you had a quick chat with Estrada pregame yesterday, correct? Postgame. Postgame. Post I, I talked to him, yep. yep. What, do you, what do you have to say? Well, obviously, everyone knows uh, by now about what happened uh, in the afternoon. He, uh, you know, reports kind of filtered out that that he had been claimed. He was placed on waivers on Friday, and then there's a 48-hour period for that uh, to go through evocable waivers, and and he was claimed by a team. So, um, do we know who yet? Team, no, uh, mystery team. We we've seen. There's been a couple of guesses out there. One one guess was the New York Yankees. One guess. Which um, I I thought was the most realistic was the Seattle yeah, Mariners, absolutely. just based on where they sit in the waiver priority, and because uh, of James Paxton and, and Felix Hernandez yep. going on the DL. But uh, no indication who it is at this point. But it, it sounds like it doesn't matter because uh, right after that came out, uh, John Gibbons shot that down, saying uh, he's not going anywhere. We need him. And it makes sense. Uh, this team still feels like they're in the thick of this wild card race. And while the the game's back number may say that, uh, some people aren't so sure, just based on how many teams are involved. But uh, yeah, I talked to Demarco right after the game. Uh, just had a, a quick little conversation, and, and he said he was very aware of it. Uh, they they show uh, MLB Network in the in the clubhouse pregame. It's on. Um, players uh, can't really avoid it unless they go out of their way to ask the, the clubhouse guys to, to take it off. And, and he saw that he was claimed, and, and he admitted he, he said he, he wasn't sure if he was going to be pitching last night for that team. So, um, But apparently just after kind of seeing that, uh, John Gibbons came up to him and, and kind of reiterated what he had told us and said, don't worry about it, and that kind of eased his uh, – He's to ease Marco's mind heading into that start. Uh, didn't seem to help with the results, but uh, we'll credit the we'll credit the Rays rather than uh, say it's any sort of mental thing um, that uh, the people want to guess. Marco is as he's clearly been affected by the whole yeah. process, but it, it's not just that. It's it's also it's also the fact that he he just 
wasn't making good pitches for two months. And, and last night, uh, Gibbons thought he, he pitched well, and that, that team just seems to have his number. But, you know, it's funny um, because he did admit that uh, the trade talk was getting to him prior to the trade deadline, but he maybe put in his best two starts of the season just before the trade deadline. And then last night, uh, uh, you know, it would be easy to draw that line, but I don't know if we can because of the way that he pitched just before the trade deadline. Well, the, I mean, the, the his three best starts of the season came right after it. It was July 31st when he went out in Chicago and had three seven innings, and, and that was that was his best start in, in a while. So yeah. uh, you, you kind of can make the make the the rush to judgment that it was that and and, and it has to be in, in a way um, this guy is a, a very thoughtful guy and and he's said on on many occasions that that he loves Toronto and and you you, you see it on his face when he doesn't pitch well he's not one of those guys that just kind of sloughs things off and and uh, gives you the clichés you can see that it things bother him and and you know there's there's no there's no getting around the fact that 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 had probably something to do with it but there were also mechanical things. There were also leaving change-ups up. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if your mental state, uh, you know, makes you leave a change-up up in the zone to get pounded. So, I mean, you can uh, we, we can talk about that and debate that for, for hours probably. But uh, either way, he turned it around. But then, uh, you know, stumbled a little bit last night. And, uh, again, with the situation, uh, you just have to wonder what it is. But, uh, you know, this, this team wants to keep him around. That's that's how it that's how it uh is playing out and and they just i, I don't think it's a six-week thing I, I really believe that uh that this team is uh would, would love to work on an extension and you know a, a bargain extension at this point just based on the season he's had and uh plug him back into that rotation next year and uh hope you get the the 2015 2016 version of, of Estrada. Scott Mitchell joining us uh, from TSN 1050, TSN, TSN.ca, our Baseball Insider, brought to you by Oakland Ford Lincoln, your premier source for auto service and sales in the GTA. I guess the question is an obvious one. If, if, you, if you're if you the Jays and you think there's a chance that this news getting out would affect him mentally, and, and you know, guys in the media are good at what they do, somebody's going to find out about this, um, why put him on waivers in the first place? Well, that, that's the process. I mean, a, a ton of people go through waivers, a ton of players. Um, you know, there, there's a number of guys on, on the Blue Jays roster, potentially all of them. I mean, Josh Donaldson could, could have been on waivers. Sure. Uh, you don't, you don't, you just don't hear about all of them. And obviously guys work, um, the national reporters, uh, John Morosi, uh, um, Ken Rosenthal, they work on guys that are, are potentially, uh, potentially going to be dealt and and uh, you know kind of move the needle from uh, from an interest standpoint and and Marco is has been one of those guys so obviously he gets out Giancarlo Stanton uh, yeah. the the fact that he passed through waivers that one gets out and then some of the guys that that you know aren't going to be on the move um, uh, you know they they don't get out so um, that's the process this is August teams place most of their players on waivers um, and that's just the the way the business works and uh, they they get through um, the majority of them. Um, and then uh, once that happens, you're open to to deal them to any team if you wish throughout the, throughout the month of August up to the playoff eligibility deadline at the end of August. Obviously, trades can still happen in September, uh, rare, but they they can happen, and um, th- that's just part of the business. And when you look at it, uh, you know it's it's smart business by teams to do so, just to open up their options. And when a guy does get claimed. Um, 
you know, as you see uh, with uh, with a couple trades going down this month, uh, trades can happen, and and you can do different things. I, we look back to to Alex Rios being claimed in in 2000. Jays were able to get out from under that uh, that big contract um, just through this waiver process. So it does have value and. And just because the guy's on waivers doesn't mean uh, a team doesn't want him. It's just that's the business. Uh, unlike uh, political pollsters in the States last year, the poll questions that we put up at TSN 1050 are accurate 100% of the time uh, to within one percentage point. So you know we have accurate listeners. Um, I, I do want to ask you the hypothetical that we did put up today. Um, in, in, in You know, you mentioned Stanton clearing waivers. Would you trade two or three elite Blue Jays prospects, which is what Florida would ask for, to have at least three more years of playoff relevance? Would you do it? Well, well, well me and Scotty activated that yesterday afternoon, yeah. and uh, you know, you know, that's a that's a tough sell. I think it's a tough sell on both sides. I, I don't know. Um, I, I wouldn't personally give up uh, Vladimir Guerrero or Bo Bichette to uh, to get. Giancarlo Stanton, um, because I, I think uh, you need to start looking at a, a long-term kind of sustainable uh, build. I'm not going to call it a rebuild because that's not what this team is uh, is inclined to do. But um, to to give up the control and the uh, the, the you know the, uh, the the cheap aspect of having young players on your roster that contribute as much as uh, some elite young prospects can do these days. Um, for a guy making 295 million over the next 10 years, um, which uh, obviously probably precludes you from signing Josh Donaldson once his deal is up next year. So you're essentially trading. Um, you would get them both for one more year, and then essentially you're trading Josh Donaldson and your best two or three prospects for a corner outfielder. Um, he'd hit a lot of home runs in in, in Toronto, but I, I don't think that's the best way to build a ball club for uh, the future, especially two, three, four years from now to, to give that much money to a, a corner outfielder like Stan. See, and this is, uh, I agree with you 100%, but in our poll, which again, as mentioned, 100% correct 100% of the time, uh, 50-50 right now, literally a split. Uh, so that, that it, I would agree with you 100%, but you never know what the fan base is thinking, right? That doesn't shock me at all, just based on what Stanton's doing right now. Yeah. I mean, it's what have you done for me lately? And <laughs> if you get a guy that uh, seems to hit a home run every game, uh, you know, that's going to that's gonna probably sway a, a few people. And uh, I, I, when you do those polls, you can't really... Uh, you can't really lay out all the circumstances sure. of what's going to happen and all the repercussions of making a move like that. And uh, like I said, we, we talked about it yesterday with Richard Griffin and, and, and Scotty Mack. And um, I, I don't know that that's something that the, that the new Miami Marlins ownership is, is going to want to do. It's just, like I say, part of the process, part of the business in August. And, uh, you know, it, it would have been interesting if, if someone would have put a claim in on him to see what uh, what would have happened and, and if they could have struck a deal for him. But to me, uh, that's a tough sell no matter how you look at it. Thanks for doing this and enjoy the Stroh Show tonight. Uh, I will. We'll, we'll see what, uh, what kind of drama ensues. Exactly. Thanks, Scott. No problem. Take care. Scott Mitchell joining us, our TSM Beat reporter, uh, in regard to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I mentioned the one poll response. We are getting some great responses to our other poll question. If you missed it, We'll come back with that. We'll update it and uh, get into some audio as well. Uh, we have some um, NFL talk ahead, some NHL talk ahead as well as we continue with Toronto today. Hogan in four wheels here on TSN 1050. 
34. Welcome back to Toronto today. Mike Hogan with you. Coming up on the show uh, a tad later on, Shane Knighty will join us. The new TV color commentator for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk to Shane, who's uh, going to be leaving Winnipeg for Vegas. Mm, culture shock. And uh, Vince Bonsignor will join us from the LA Daily News. Now, a lot, we're going to pop around NFL camps, obviously, as the uh, preseason progresses. The L.A. Rams, it was an interesting story on a lot of different levels. Some of it good, some of it not so good. We'll talk to Vincent about what this camp has looked like and just where they stay, stand right now in terms of market presence. First, though, the reason for the bond flick, Daniel Craig has said he's coming, coming back for another year or another movie, I guess, as James Bond. So we put out a Twitter question today about who in the world of sports should be the next Bond if they were going to I guess that use that as a parameter that they had of a connection to sports Joe Narser is our producer Joe we came up with a, a final four so to speak yes we did and the four choices for folks on Twitter at TSN 1050 radio or at TSN Mike Hogan the choices were Tom Brady yep Henrik Lundqvist nice Derek Jeter uh-huh Magic Johnson how can you go wrong with any one of them no but we've been getting some good ones well, yeah. give, give us the numbers first, and then maybe we can go off the board a little bit and find out who the uh, some of the write-in candidates were, because we did ask that as so, well. So, in the lead, at 54%, it is the king, Henrik Lundqvist. Nice. In second, which I'm really surprised about, at only 28%, Tom Brady. Why are you surprised? Like, people, there are some people who hate Tom Brady, and you have to like James Bond. Don't you? Yeah, but he's got it all. Oh, I agree. He's Mr. Perfect, and that's who James Bond is. Bond is perfect. Maybe Brady's the perfect 009. The guy who flipped. He switched sides. He's got it all. Yeah. The looks, the charm, but inside, you, you know he deflated him. those balls. Well, there. Nice. So then, then in third, we got Derek Jeter. Yep. At 15%. Who would also be a killer Bond. Like, all oh, of yeah. these, any of these four guys would be awesome. And then in last, Magic Johnson. Which surprises me, not that he's in last place, because the other choices are so good, but how, how far behind he is. He only at 5%. Yeah. Magic Johnson would be an awesome Bond. He's a smooth dude. And we also asked, in our discussion, as we've sort of uh, opened up discussion a little bit more, we also had Bond villains asking people to write in. And we have some, uh, we have some very good responses for both Bonds and Bond villains, correct? Yeah, we got from Ray Hussey. He said Salming would be a picturesque Bond villain. Nice. And I tweeted out a picture of him sitting in a chair which looks like in a house in Sweden and he looks like a Bond villain. But when he had, especially for those who don't remember back in the day, um I think it was like 86. Um, Gerard Glantz stepped on his face with his skate in a game and cut him, and the scar was horrific. And he looks good now. I mean, considering what that scar looked like when it happened. With that scar on the face, oh, big-time Bond villain. That would have just added to it. And we have a... Com- somebody sent us in a plot. 
Come on. I swear. Somebody is way... And I appreciate this, mind you, so but somebody's got way too much time on their hands. It's, I believe, Jill Pereira, and she and they said, Indomitian Sue for the Bond villain, no doubter, Cam Newton yes. for Bond. Yeah, He's got the swagger and the skills. That would be awesome. But I think Sue would be the first Bond villain to finish off Bond, because he doesn't waste any time. <laughs> And we also got one from uh, Dan Texas Hold'em, and he said, New Bond, no better time for P.K. Subban to be the next James Bond. Total handsome, charm, power, intelligence, swag to the max. That was that came up in our discussion. It did. It did. I just, see, I agree that Subban has all the characteristics to be a great Bond, except for one. He's not unassuming. So it, he can't kind of fit into a party. You would know P.K. Subban is there, which would, might throw a wrench into his plans. Would that hurt Magic Johnson? It might. Maybe that's why he's at 5%. Because mm-hmm. Henrik Lundqvist can walk into a millionaire party yeah. and just fit in. Henrik Lundqvist could get in a cab in Toronto, and, and the odds are the person in the cab sharing it with him wouldn't know who he was. Except they'd assume he like works for Hugo Boss or something. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's fun. So it's just a fun poll. If you've got any suggestions for for sports bonds, sports bond villains, uh, at TSN Mike Hogan at TSN ten fifty radio. And we had the other question up today about the Blue Jays and what they should do uh, in terms of uh, Mr. Stanton uh, and whether or not they should uh, get involved. Yes or no, would you give up two or three top prospects? And we're talking like the big ones. We're talking Bichette. We're talking Guerrero. We're talking Guriel. Would you give up two of those guys to get Stanton? What's the, uh, what's the response so far on the poll? It's basically split. 51% say no. 49% say yes. And I remember you were saying when you first introduced the poll, you were saying at least three more years. But the reason why I put at most three more years is because we were talking to Scott MacArthur, and he was saying that he has an opt-out. Yeah. And I guess we're saying the same thing, because you, yeah. you'd stay in contention for th- at least three more years, and then he's gone. But I don't want to create false him. hope. Well. So it's like you lose, like you're saying, you lose Guerrero, Goreal, or Bichette, whichever of the two of the three. Yeah. And at this point, it's really about a three-year window, because then Giancarlo Stanton could opt out. Mm-hmm. It's tough because you look at where the Blue Jays are now, it would essentially be recycling the same mold as last time. Mm-hmm. And do you want to make sure that you have prospects going forward? But if you have a guy like Stanton, that might help you re-sign Donaldson. Right? Money's no object. If they want to spend money, if the owners want to spend money, they can spend money. And if you have those two in there, you're going to all but guarantee uh, sellouts or near sellouts almost every night. I mean, there are two guys in baseball, and I don't know if Judge is maybe getting into the equation. Harper can hit some bombs as well. But there are two guys in baseball who, to me, when they connect, I just love to watch the ball go because it doesn't ever seem like it's coming down. Stanton and Chris Davis with the Orioles. Like, when Chris Davis hits one, like, if he doesn't strike out, which is most of the time, if he connects, that ball just seems to just hover and just hang and hang it's like six seconds of hang time on a punt it just seems to go higher than everybody else's and it's the same thing with stanton like those are what he connects my lord he hits the ball a long way 
But a couple weeks ago, remember we were having that conversation about what do we feel is the best course of action for the Blue Jays going forward mm-hmm. offensively? Should they continue to look at the heavy hitters instead of maybe or develop a more speed game? Now, let's also, the organization seems to want to go long ball. That seems, if there's a DNA to the offensive mindset of the Toronto Blue Jays, it would be long ball, not small ball. But does you, so now, does your belief in how to play baseball impact this decision? Because do you think this is, whether it's a good deal or not, is this just more of the same? You mean if, just if me as a fan? It. Yeah. I, I prefer the other game, the other style of game, but I understand why a team does what it does. It's just not, not my favorite brand of baseball. Stan, obviously, is a different duck. I mean, he if he's not the elite power hitter in the game, it's him or Harper or you know you can Mike Trout. You can put a handful of guys together, but you can't have the discussion without having Stanton near the top of the list. And this year, he is the preeminent power hitter in baseball. There's no question about that. the The, the two months stretch that he's the six weeks or whatever the, the stretch he's been on has been just incredible. Every time you look up, you see Stanton hitting another home run. It's yeah. incredible. And the part of that, and part of this equation that's making me want to lean towards yes is Steve Phillips, one of our baseball insiders, had tweeted out in a conversation on Twitter, and he said prospects get GMs fired. Sure, you don't know what you have. You don't know what either one of those, any one of the three that we've mentioned. We don't know if they're ever going to be any good in the majors. So ultimately, yes, Vladdy Jr. looks unbelievable, or yes, Gurriel could be something unbelievable. We don't know. Ultimately, you don't know with a prospect. You know Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. If that did happen... Sometimes it just, I feel like a lot of times in a trade, once you get the best player, it's almost worth it. And you usually end up coming out on top. Whatever you do, though, don't trade Kyle Drabeck. That guy's going to be money. I don't think he was. Exactly. But that was that was the highest, highest touted prospect, right? They don't always pan out. You hope they do. No guarantees, though. Uh, we will uh, vamoose for a little bit. We'll come back, and uh, more to come. We get ready for the top of the hour. And uh, Vincent Bonsignor talking NFL, Rams specifically, Shane Knighty in the next hour, um, former uh, color commentator now for the Vegas Golden Knights. And we've made an addition to the lineup. Matthew Shinetti will join us at 12 o'clock. Uh, he is at Argos practice today. Okay, we'll uh, get the update on Ricky Ray uh, at high noon here on Toronto Today on TSN 1050. Fifty ten minutes shy of 12 o'clock. Hogan with you. This is TSN 1050. Coming up in the next hour, Matt Shinetti will join us from Argo Practice. Uh, Vincent Bonsignor will join us from the L.A. Daily News. We'll look at the L.A. Rams. Interesting story last year. Maybe more interesting this time around. And Shane Knighty will join us. Now, formerly of the Winnipeg Jets broadcast crew, and he's heading to Vegas uh, to be TV pretty boy with the Vegas Golden Knights. So we'll, we'll talk to Shane in the next hour as well. First up, though. It's time for a Sweet 16 battle in TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Oh, what a hit that was! This is the worst one for sure. Indeed, it's the Eric Cartman round. It's the Sweet 16 sound bites here on TSN 1050. You get to decide which one survives this TSN 1050 Sound War. It's brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Logger. It's on-air moment seed number 7 versus seed number 15. 
On Air Moment 7. Brian Hayes, the host of Overdrive here on the station, has the reaction of all reactions to the Leafs winning the draft lottery. The first pick goes to the Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs. The Leafs. They did it, Naylor. They did it, Naylor. That's taking on Naylor with on-air moment number 15 as Dave Naylor from the morning show here at TSN 1050 pressing Steve Simmons for an answer to one particular question about the NHL's participation in the Olympic Games. What do you think, honestly, the players would say if you say, you can go, but if you come back hurt and can't play, you don't get paid? Let's begin with that. There's been approximately 500 NHL players. Answer the players. question, Steve. Would the players the share in the financial the risk? risk answer the question, times. Steve. Would the players this share in not- the financial risk? Answer the question. This isn't about risk. Answer the question, Steve. Is field nailer's frustration. So go to tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite on-air moment. Seed number seven, they did it, Nailer! Or seed number 15, answer the question! Voting for this Sound War closes at 3 p.m. Listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. Sound Wars is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up, Light Lager at select Loblaw grocery stores. So it's easy to find. It's fine. What was that? Sorry, Joe? Joe Nars, just get on the mic here. Tell us what you were going to say. I believe Mr. Tim Haffey has a James Bond he would like to throw out. Oh, I saw really? it on Twitter, but I, he should probably tell us himself. Haffinator, get on the microphone here. I see there's some sort of scrambling over. Oh, he's putting on his glass. Why are you putting on your glasses to go on the radio? You're not reading this, are you? So I can see your experience. Russian full face, Michael. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hide now. I'm going to duck down behind the <laughs> Hiding monitor. behind your mic. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I did. I was on the tweeter there, and I... I, I no, you're, t- you're a Bond fan, right? Yes. Yes. So I, um, I I think James Bond should look like Sean Connery, so I'm racking my brains, and Brooke, I came up with Brooks like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We interrupted regularly scheduled programming, <laughs> so you could say Brooks like should be the new Bond villain, or new Bond well, you, you've got athletes listed there, and not, well, I, I didn't think any of them really fit. Good so I'm one, thinking, Randy. Good so I'm thinking, who looks like Sean Connery? Well, and then Brooks, Brooks like? like came into my Who cares? Do you think Daniel Craig looks like Roger Moore? No. Thank you. Craig never had the look, but he pulled it off. So you don't think Tom Brady would be a good Bond? He's got the kind of swagger. Yes, which is kind of important to James Bond. Yeah, just, just but if I had to pick Brady like I'm I'm, look, I'm looking like I mean I can envision like in the tuxedo. You don't think and, and, and the pose. But there he goes. You don't <laughs> I'm just I'm just sticking to the original Ian Fleming description, tall, dark, handsome, you know, Brooke like. Okay. Brooks like popped into my head. Tall, dark and handsome. Derek Jeter. Magic Johnson. Like I said, James Bond ideally, ideally looks like Sean Connery. Oh, man. So I'm racking my brains. Who, who fits that general description? And suddenly, uh, I envision Brooks like. Okay. And I tweeted it out and narsicot it. Okay. There we go. <laughs> so there's. We found a new entry for Sound Wars. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That is true. Now, if you're listening, and you just heard that, and thank you for the the, the input, Haffy, I I think. Um, 
You can do, if you're listening, you can do way better than that. Set the bar a lot higher. Tim Haffey just put it like half an inch above the floor where you could just, you could fall over that bar. Please make a contribution. See if you can one up Mr. Tim Haffey. All you have to do is uh, log on Twitter at TSN1050 Radio, at TSN Mike Hogan. Drop us uh, your, uh, your vote for a Bond villain from the world of sports or a Bond himself. I'm sure Brooks Like is flattered. Next hour. Matt Shinetti, James Bond with Chucks. I don't know if that would work or not. He's going to drop by, get an update on Ricky Ray. NFL talk with Vincent Bond Sr. from the LA Daily News. And uh, Shane Knighty is heading down to be a part of the first year of the Las Vegas Golden Knights. He'll be in the broadcast booth. We'll talk to him next hour as well as we continue with Toronto Today on TSN 1050.